In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. Now, you can learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org, but we don't only bring you thought leaders from all over the world. We also have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the show, let me tell you what the show is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact global globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. specific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry about it because we are on every major podcast platform from Stitcher to Spotify to Apple to Google. We're all over the net. So all you can find us, look up Leadership Beyond Borders. And if you'd like to connect with me, send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com and tell me what kind of subjects you would like to hear on this show. Now, if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we'll make sure that you take away something useful either for your business or yourself. Now, on to today's episode. You know, today we're facing what's called the big resignation. And it's not just in the U.S., it's all over the world. And companies are really struggling to find personnel. And honestly, no one really knows the answer why this is happening. If you read articles, some of the possible reasons are wage stagnation, rising cost of living, long-lasting job dissatisfaction, and safety concerns on COVID, and the desire for work for companies with better remote working or better values. Some economists have described the great resignation akin to a general strike of the people. But we don't really know the whole real reason. Is it because we're not having the right conversations with people? Our guest today believes that we have to be better at conversations and better getting people engaged. With his help to stop the great resignation, he's also written a book called The Revelation Conversation, Inspire Greater Employee Engagement by Connecting to Purpose. And maybe this is the answer that we're looking for. Our guest today is Steve Curtin, and he is the author of two books. The first book was Delight Your Customers, Seven Simple Ways to Raise Your Customer Service from Ordinary to Extraordinary, and it's now in its sixth printing. And in that book, Steve says, while employees consistently execute the mandatory job functions for which they are paid, they are inconsistently demonstrating voluntarily voluntary customer service behaviors for which there is little or no additional cost to their employee. And his second book that's just out is The Revelation Conversation, Inspire Greater Employee engagement by connecting to purpose. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Steve is a globally known expert and speaker on customer service management and leadership. He was rated fourth by Global Guru in its annual listing of top 30 customer service experts in the world. And before launching his consultancy in 2007, Steve had a 20-year career with Marriott International. Today, his clients include Carnival Cruise Lines, NAPA Auto Parts, Max, TJ Max, Health One, and he's accredited 10-year member of the National Speakers Association. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Kimberly. So your your book, your new book, I just read it and it's it's fascinating. So let let's start, let's just start with the very first question. You know, we all when when we go to get a job or you know we 
when you go to an interview for a job, you know, we look at the functions. We look at, you know, what the job description is. And and very seldom do we actually look at the purpose or very seldom do we have conversations about the purpose. Why is that? Well, I believe most employers and so by extension, most employees are focused on two-thirds of their job. And the two-thirds that they're focused on are job knowledge and job skills. In other words, possessing adequate job knowledge, the ability to demonstrate sufficient job skills. If I can do those two things, I can consistently, I can reliably execute assigned transactions, and I can uh, produce expected deliverables. But what I'm doing is I'm neglecting the third aspect of every job role, which is job purpose. And I'm doing that because nobody's talking about it. My employer's not talking about it, so I'm not talking about it. Mm-hmm. And and when Pete, of course, you're looking at that knowledge and looking at the skills, and then you know you can deliver in that position, all right? Um, but we as people, and you, I think you're seeing this now in the generation, we want a little bit more from that. And in your in your book, you're talking about um, as people wander out, you know, they're looking for two journeys when they when they start on their career paths. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, yeah, in the book, the I open with chapter one is the two journeys, and I make a distinction in that chapter. Uh, between the two concurrent journeys that we're all on uh, from from birth, really. Mm-hmm. And that's the journey of self-discovery, and that's the journey of self-improvement. Uh, and the journey of self-discovery is a private journey. It's really us contemplating um, our reason for being, our existential purpose in life. And that is separate and distinct from one's journey of self-improvement, which is a a public journey. Others are involved in that journey. In a work setting, our colleagues are involved in that journey. In fact, they're on the same journey. Now, they're on a private journey as well. You know, they have their own journey of self-discovery. But my point is that they're two separate separate journeys. And what happens, uh, Kimberly, what I found in business I mean, it's difficult to pick up a, an article on the topic of purpose in 2022 and not read about a large, sophisticated organization or a consulting firm that is conflating the two journeys and, and essentially uh, operating under the assumption that the ideal job candidate will be aligned one-to-one in terms of their life purpose and their purpose at work. And I don't believe it works like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when you say you know the self improvement, that was kind of the simple one. And uh, if you go, you said it's public and people are involved in that. You can clearly see that maybe in a job, especially when it deals with knowledge or skills. But this purpose, um, do you really think you know? Does do most people have a clear purpose, or is that you know you talk about discovery? Is is that changing or some people don't have it before we even look at it, aligning it with the job. Um, what What is your experience with that? Well, that's a good question. It's a good question because what I found in researching for the book is that one source claimed that, and this applies to Americans, the statistic applied to uh, U.S. citizens, and that was one in four, so 25 percent um, had articulated a clear sense of purpose about what makes their lives meaningful. Uh, So that's one in four. I think that's generous, but I mean, let's run with that assumption that one in four knows their life purpose. So now you have many organizations that have conflated life purpose and organizational purpose. And if the assumption is they're aligned, that's going to be really difficult to do (laughs) with the three quarters (laughs) of individuals who are still trying to coax their life purpose out of the universe. That's true. Eh? Uh, and and when you're talking about life purpose, um, Steve, I, I, you know, some people get kind of confused and, and uh, even I do get confused sometimes. The difference between life purpose and life values, okay, is there a difference? 
Yeah, I believe I believe there's a, per, a, a difference between purpose and values in, in that you can articulate a purpose for your life and then you can have a set of values that um, that gird that uh, that life purpose. Now, just to make a distinction in my book, I don't write about life purpose other than to mention uh, the journey of self-discovery. And I don't write about personal values that are apart from organizational values. In other words, the focus of the book is on organizational purpose and on organizational core values. Mm-hmm. And those are two different things. Mm-hmm. So if, just here's a question, if one in four people have a clarity of purpose, then what does it look like in an organization? How does, you know, how, how does an organization then start to formulate its purpose other than just, you know, making a profit and uh, making money? Well, I look at the definition of purpose, and I, I tell you, I think the reason that it's one in four or likely much less in terms of people who have articulated a clearly defined purpose for their life is because it's elective. They don't have to do it, and so they don't do it. It's a lot like, could be a lot like, um, like exercise or, or drinking enough water. Um, it's elective, and so we may not do it. An organization is different. It is incumbent upon an organization to crystallize their purpose because, by definition, every organization has a purpose, whether they've articulated it or not, because the definition of a purpose is reason for being. It's mm-hmm. the reason why the corporation exists. And every corporation, every organization, every small business exists for a reason. It's incumbent upon the founder. It's incumbent upon um, executive leadership to articulate and to communicate exactly what that organizational purpose is. And uh, do you have any example, um, when I'm thinking about this, of, of an organization that you could just t- name off their tap that really articulates that purpose, you know, quite clearly, just to give our listeners kind of a, an example where this is going? Well, Pfizer has been in the news these past mm-hmm. few years. And Pfizer has articulated an organizational purpose, which is to deliver breakthroughs that change patients' lives. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think they've done that. Okay. That's a good example. And, and, and how does that relate to maybe their organizational values, if you're using that example? Well, um, you know, Pfizer's done an exceptional job. So they could really be a poster organization for what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I've just articulated their purpose. Their values are, their core values are courage, excellence, equity, and joy. And what they've done, Kimberly, is they, they don't just list the values at their website. They, they add context to the values, and then they assign behaviors to the values. So they're really an excellent representation of an organization that's done it right. Mm-hmm. So, so just to repeat, the values they, they have listed at their website are courage, excellence, equity, joy. I bet there are dozens or hundreds or thousands potentially of, of companies that have, for instance, excellence as a value. So that could be perceived as imitative. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it could be perceived as uh, as as common <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and ubiquitous across organizations. It could apply equally to Pfizer's competitors. But what they've done is they have articulated statements associated with each of the values. And I'll give you a for instance. For excellence, they have a statement that says, we change patients' lives only when we perform at our best together. Mm-hmm. And then they clarify each of these values further beyond statements for example, for excellence, they, they have behaviors listed. They say this happens. In other words, excellence happens at Pfizer when we focus on what matters. We agree mm-hmm. who does what and measure our outcomes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's not just an imitative list. Yeah. So this is basically taking that organizational 
purpose, crystallizing it and rolling it down into each individual jobs. And, that, and that's what I'd like to talk about after the break. You know, how, how do you actually kind of cascade that down um, into the job, you know, function when we're so focused on knowledge and skills? But we're going to take a short break. And for our listeners, our guest today is Steve Curtin, and he is the author of The Revelation Conversation, Inspire Greater Employee Engagement by Connecting to Purpose. He is a globally known expert and speaker on customer service management and leadership. And he was rated fourth by Global Guru in its annual listing of top 30 customer service experts in the world. And before launching his company in 2007, he had a 20-year career with Marriott International, and his clients today include Carnival Cruises, NAPA Auto Parts, TJ Maxx, Health One, and many others. And he is an accredited member of the National Speakers Association. If you'd like to reach out to him, his website is www.stevecurtin.com. He's under... Uh, LinkedIn and Twitter under Enthused, and uh, you can find him um, all over the web on LinkedIn and Twitter. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda, and Cinda is one of Europe's fastest-growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold trainings, conferences, market research, and do legislative white papers. Their next conference will be held in Florence, Italy, October 16th to 18th. And if you'd like to learn more about that, go to www wcinda.com and with that we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america We all hear about information security, identity, and privacy threats. The more technology becomes part of our lives, with more data created to provide insights about our lives, the more concerned we need to be. That's why it's important to tune in to Data Security and Privacy with The Privacy Professor. Host Rebecca Harold is an internationally recognized expert in these areas. Rebecca and her guests will let you know how to keep your business and personal data safe. Listen live the first Saturday of each month at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. My name is Kimberly Lewis, and today our guest is Steve Curtin, and he, he is the author of The Revelation Conversation, Inspire Great Employee Engagement by Connecting to Purpose. Uh, he is a globally known expert and speaker on customer service management and leadership and was rated fourth by Global Guru in its annual listing of the top 30 customer service experts in the world. He, Before launching his consulting company in 2007, he had a 20-year career with Marriott International, and his clients include Carnival Cluises, NAPA Auto Parts, TJ Maxx, Health One, and many more. So, Steve, um, it, 
Before the break, you gave a great example of of an organization, Pfizer, that's actually kind of has crystallized their their um, organization organizational um, purpose. So, I, my question is, you know, we we have these job functions, okay, and um, we have roles, all right, and we're focusing on contribution. How do we start? to cascade these things down into the the actually job role? Well, s- someone at Pfizer is responsible for product pricing. And during the pandemic, to use the Pfizer example, we, we talked about their organizational purpose and their values before the break. Uh, what they did is they made... The, at the height of the uh, uh, pandemic when that uh, vaccine uh, was released, they made that available to low-income countries for the cost of distribution. And the reason I feel like that's a great example is that, keep in mind, their organizational purpose is to deliver breakthroughs that change patients' lives. If I can't afford the vaccine, they're not delivering the breakthrough to me, and mm-hmm. it's not going to impact my life. But they made it available to low-income countries at the cost of distribution. How that ties into their corporate values, the core values we talked about before the break, is, you know, for instance, equity was one of those values. Mm-hmm. You know, their statement on equity is, we believe that every person deserves to be seen, heard, and cared for. And apparently they believe that every person should have access uh, to the COVID-19 vaccine, whether or not they can afford it. Mm -hmm. And so that's honoring that value of equity. Uh, It's also honoring the value of courage um, by challenging convention. It's not conventional to reduce the price for low-income countries, but they made that decision uh, based on their values, you know, as they say, when your values are clear, then decision making is easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so now that that's a super example, and you know they're a big company. Okay, so as you know, in big companies, generally, um, it's hard to cascade those. So so you know, how do you really, you know, functionally? really get it down to, you know, my job level in the lab, you know, um, I don't know about far as I'm doing whatever yeah. I'm doing in the lab. Okay. You know, uh, you know right. how, how, how does, how does it work and what kind of processes or management does that take? Yeah. Um, well, let me, let me shift and let me use another example that is, I think, approachable to um, most, if not all of your listeners. And that is a, server in a full-service restaurant. So let's say that a a server is hired. Earlier, we talked about three parts of a job role. We talked about the job functions, which are possessing adequate knowledge and the ability to demonstrate sufficient job skills. So in a restaurant environment, that product knowledge might be menu knowledge. Um, Job skills might be uh, the ability to run the point-of-sale system, the POS system. Mm -hmm. There's a third dimension of that job role, which is the purpose, the single highest priority of the job role. Now, when that server is hired into the restaurant, if his or her general manager says, hey, listen, our organizational purpose is to surprise and delight every guest, every guest who comes into our restaurant, this is our single highest priority at work is to surprise and delight them. This is the third element of your job role. And the reason this general manager can have this conversation is that he or she is enlightened and they know the totality of a job role and they know that it exists beyond possessing adequate job knowledge and demonstrating sufficient job skills, which is only going to yield a predictable product or service. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's going to demonstrate that I'm competent, but competency is not enough. Not if you want to have engaged employees, not if you want to have loyal customers. So I know as the server that I have this highest priority to surprise and delight. Now I have a whole suite of options that are made available to me. Maybe one of them is that it is incumbent upon me, the server, to present an amuse-bouche, a chef's taste to each 
restaurant guests. So when a table of four is seated, I bring four, perhaps demitasse cups. Maybe they each have a splash, a chef's taste of coconut curry soup. There's no charge for this. It's unexpected. It's a delighter. And you know what I'm doing? I'm honoring organizational purpose with that action of delivering the moose boost to each table setting. And I'm honoring corporate purpose to surprise and delight each guest. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. that's a great example. And I want to take that a step further, okay? And I want to go back to, to what you talked about um, individuals finding purpose. So do you think it's do you think sometimes with these organizations and the way they're they're trying to, to bring values and purpose forward, it it helps people find their purpose better? Um, maybe not just in the job, but in general? You know, I, I, I see them, Kimberly, as being mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. I, I see two mutually exclusive journeys. So I don't think it's necessarily the restaurant's responsibility uh, to coach someone up on their life purpose. I think their life purpose is very singular. It's very intimate. It's very private. And they're going to determine that purpose likely outside of the confines of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. They, may be in, they may be in nature. They may be on the beach. They may be who knows where they'll be. But it's very private and very singular. And it's very separate and distinct from surprising, delighting each guest. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and also in your book, you talk a little bit about, you know, relating to this purpose. And, um, and one of the things I read in there you, you talked about is not just this organizational, you know, values and, and the vision and the mission, but there's something about the name. Can you talk about that? Because I was a little, uh, that surprised me a little bit. You said, you know, people also relate to the name. Now, now, you might be referring to the what's in a name. Yeah, what's in a name, yeah. What's in a name. And you know what that is, is that's actually, it's really funny. I had a conversation with my developmental uh, editor during that chapter. That's in chapter four. And um, we were going back and forth, and we thought, we thought now, do we need to uh, make a distinction between a mission statement, a vision statement, and a purpose statement, and ah. educate educate our readers on those three. And the more I looked into it, the more it was, Kimberly, it's laughable to try to distinguish between a mission, a vision, and a purpose statement. And so what yeah. I did, what I did was I put together a quiz, and this is called the What's in a Name quiz. And the name we're referring to is, do we call it a mission? Do we call it a vision? Do we call it a purpose? Well, it turns out it doesn't really matter because I have 35 guiding statements in the quiz. I don't mention whether they're mission, vision, purpose. I allow the reader to do that. And then I have a, um, an answer key and, and, and a grading scale. And I tell you, Kimberly, in the time since that was devised last summer, I haven't had anyone pass that quiz. And the reason they can't pass it is they can't discern for themselves the difference between a mission, vision, purpose. And apparently, n- neither can these sophisticated, multi-billion dollar organizations that choose to call a mission statement a purpose statement or a vision statement a mission statement. It doesn't matter what you call it. It just matters that you can recall it. Yeah. And you know, that is so correct. I remember over the years of my career, sitting in workshops, okay, trying to come up with mission purpose. And then somebody would say, no, that's not the purpose. That's the mission. You know, I mean, that's absolutely yeah. true. And um, uh, that that is that is really funny because you're right. I mean, people struggle with that. I'm not surprised that they didn't. Um, but yeah, I want to come back to that in this mission and purpose. So do you think, I mean, you really need one message, right? I mean, isn't it really about purpose? I mean, I, I don't know. We're, we're getting back to that the car, horse in the cart type thing. Yes, and I'm biased. You know, okay. I wrote about organizational purpose, so I'm right. going to say, Kimberly, you're exactly right. You're brilliant. It is. It's all about it's, purpose. It's all about purpose. Okay. And so, coming back to the restaurant and Pfizer and stuff, um, and engagement. And we're going to go down to the employee level after the break. But engagement. You know, when when people have this purpose it, your your experience do you experience a lift in engagement 
and, and a lift, lifting connection to the organization and to their jobs? Well, I would say I sense a lift and engagement, and I think it's intuitive. I won't say that I have had a client who has correlated the revelation conversation uh, concept with a lift, uh, an increase, and employee engagement scores. Mm-hmm. Having said that, um, I do have documented uh, evidence of a lift in customer satisfaction scores, mm-hmm. customer loyalty through the net promoter score, and in sales on multiple fronts. And so most business owners are certainly interested in engagement, uh, but they're also interested in customer satisfaction, customer loyalty, customer sales. I think one of my next uh, pushes will be into either an employee satisfaction survey, employee engagement survey, and attempting to correlate the employee's knowledge of purpose with his or her engagement score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would kind of think there would be, okay? You know, um, and, and when you when you look at the especially Generation Z, you know, coming into the workplace and you look at the big resignation, I mean, it seems to me most of the people I talk to or the younger people I talk to, because I'm definitely not in that generation, are, are looking for purpose and they want it and be engaged. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. They are looking for purpose. Uh, they do want to be engaged. And as I said earlier, every organization, if that uh, organization has not articulated an organizational purpose, one exists by definition. And mm-hmm. what I've found is that most sophisticated organizations have. Now, they may call it a vision statement. They may call it a mission statement. They may call it a purpose statement. They may call it a mantra. They have different names for these things. But the, the important thing is to not just crystallize it, articulate it, put it on a coffee mug, frame it in the executive corridor, put it on the about page of the website. <laughs> What's important is that they reveal that organizational purpose to the employee and that they make a distinction where one is necessary between the organizational purpose which applies to the entire organization, sort of the umbrella, the overarching purpose. They may make a distinction between that overarching purpose and the purpose of the employee's job role, which may be different, connected but different. So they have a responsibility to reveal it, to connect it, and then to enable that connection to inspire greater employee engagement. Okay, and that that comes down to the employee conversation, and that that's a, well a lot of what your book is about too. And I'd like to, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, um, talk about what kind of conversations should we be having with employees, and what conversations are we having? And also, see, I'm quite interested in knowing after the break, you know. Um, how has the, the entire change of the workforce um, in virtual, has this impacted you know, the way we go about this? So we're going to take a short break. And our guest today is Steve Curtin, the author of The Revelation Conversation, Inspire Greater Employment Engagement by Connecting to Purpose. And he is a globally known expert and speaker on customer service management and leadership and was rated fourth by Global Guru in its annual listing of top 30 customer service experts in the world. He also has another book um, that is now in six printing, Seven Simple Ways to Raise Your Customer Service from Ordinary to Extraordinary. And both of these are on Amazon. And before launching his consulting company in 2007, he had a 20-year career with Marriott International. Today, his clients include Carnival Cruise Lines, NAPA Autopots, TH, TJ Maxx, and Health One, as well as many more. You can reach him on his website under www.stevecurtin.com, and he's under LinkedIn and Twitter under Enthused. And this show is also brought to you by Cinda, and Cinda is one of Europe's fastest-growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations in Europe. They hold virtual trainings, conferences, do market research, do legislative white papers focused 
on digital. And they also have their next conference coming up October 16th to 18th in Florence, Italy. And if you'd like to learn more about them, go to www.cinda.org. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Everyone deserves the opportunity to have access to the knowledge to make their own choices when it comes to where their money goes. Listening to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter will give you that access. Investing isn't just for the wealthy. Making More Money for You, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf, features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we are speaking with Steve Curtin, and he is the author of... The Revelation Conversation, Inspire Great Employee Engagement by Connecting to Purpose. He's also the author of a second book that is in its sixth printing now, Seven Simple Ways to Raise Your Customer Service from Ordinary to Extraordinary. And before the break, Steve, we were, you know, we've been talking a lot about this organization cascading things down, down to to the position, so that people understand the purpose of their positions and can relate to the company. But you actually have to cascade it down to the conversation with the individual, okay? Right. At, at some point, so. Um, you know, most of the conversations to kind of talk about measuring performance, KPIs, and, you know, uh, is that kind of outdated and outmoded? And what do these conversations have to look like now? Well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because it brings up a good point. They're definitely not outmoded to talk about KPIs. Mm-hmm. Uh, KPIs being key performance indicators, which could be everything from uh, employee engagement, could be net promoter score, could be customer effort score, customer satisfaction, could be sales, could be profits, could be productivity. We need to be having conversations about all of these things. So the the point you raise is that it's not zero sum, you know, where we talk about uh, possessing adequate job knowledge and demonstrating sufficient job skills or reflecting job purpose. It's not zero sum. It's not one or the other. It's not either or. It's both if you want to optimize uh, your ability to create loyal customers and to create an engaged and inspired workforce. And I think when I I said outmodish, I was thinking about, you know, let's say, I mean, clearly KPIs are important to move the company forward. Um, but if you if you talk about and I'm coming back to your purpose, if you talk about net promoter score, okay, um, I can remember in customer service departments that I've seen, you know, saying, okay, the net promoter score is too low, you know, we have to we we have to improve this. But then 
there was no no conversation around why that was important. Okay. Um, do you think on these KPIs that sometimes we're it's black white with numbers and and we're missing the conversation of of in helping the employee understand why? Yes, I, I agree that that happens, and I agree that it could be tied to a conversation. An example, um, an example from the book, you may recall this having read it, is the example of the, the manager's conversation with the hotel housekeeper, where they talked about purpose, where some might think, um, some might think the purpose of a hotel housekeeper is to provide a clean room. Mm-hmm. It seems intuitive, and then you can attach that. You can attach that to a KPI, which might be for a housekeeping department in a hotel, the cleanliness of the room. But um, providing a clean room is not a job purpose. It's really a bullet point from a job description, which is very different. So then, what you'd want to do is you'd want to have this conversation. We've been talking about why. Um, and you'd want to have a conversation where you ask why multiple times to drill past the core deliverable to the single highest uh, purpose, uh, single highest priority of the job role. So using that example, you might ask a follow-up question. Say, okay, it's important to have a clean room. We're not going to have any guests if we don't have a clean room. Remember, it's not zero sum. Mm-hmm. But why do we provide – and here's the conversation I have. I'd ask, why do we provide guests with a clean room? And the answer might be uh, to meet their expectations. Okay, so now you're a step closer to the purpose of the job role. So mm-hmm. you might ask again, okay, why do we want to meet guests' expectations? And again, this is a conversation that's iterative. It's back and forth. You're having this with the frontline hourly employee. Mm-hmm. And so maybe the, the response is, well, we want to meet their expectations to increase their intent to recommend our hotel to others. And again, okay, so why do we want to increase their intent to recommend our hotel to others? Oh, well, maybe because the intent to recommend, at least in hotel settings I've worked in, the intent to recommend question on the customer satisfaction survey is correlated with guest loyalty. Mm-hmm. So then again, you ask, well, okay, why is guest loyalty important? You know, and finally, because our loyal guests are responsible for, and, and Bain and Company has done research on this, our loyal guests are responsible for 80 to 90% of the positive word of mouth about our hotel or about our brand. They're less price sensitive, so we could perhaps uh, have higher rates, not a bad thing for a hotel, mm-hmm. and have higher return and repurchase rates. So more guests returning to the hotel, more guests coming back. All of these behaviors contribute to our success. So by following a similar sequence of questions to get at the deeper underlying purpose of the housekeeper's job role, you've now discovered that her purpose is not just to provide a clean room, yep. rather it's to create a loyal customer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so aware of it. Yeah. And, and so how, I mean, you know, how do you initiate in complex systems like this? How do you really initiate these conversations with employees? Um, you know, I can just this is this is not easy stuff to do. It's important stuff. But, um, you know, if I'm a manager or, you know, has it have a team, how do I initiate these conversations? Well, I try not to script, and you, and you may have detected that in reading the book. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of, of scripts mm-hmm. because I, you know, I, what I like to do is provide riverbanks or guidelines within which people can find their own voice and include their own personality. Mm-hmm. So you're asking, how do we initiate these conversations? I'll tell you how I do it, and I have a few different iterations of this question in the book. But the way I do it and have done it and feel comfortable with is I ask this question. I I ask, would you describe for me from your perspective, your job role, what your job entails? And do you know what they'll say? No, what? They'll say job functions. Yes, of course. They'll say the the duties and tasks associated with their job role. So if I were to ask that housekeeper, um, the housekeeper would say to provide a clean room right. or maybe they'd get specific and say, well, tub and tile in the yeah. bathroom. Maybe they'd say high dusting in the guest room area. Maybe they would say 
you know, ensure there's no evidence of previous guests. So it'd be a very technical, very clinical set of responses. And so I know that I'm going to get that. So then what I say after that is I say, hey, all that stuff is valuable. All that stuff is important. Remember, it's not zero sum. We got to do all that. But then I would say, everything you've listed is a job function. I didn't hear anything in your responses that related to job essence or job purpose, Mm -hmm. reflecting the behaviors and actions associated with your uh, job role. And then the housekeeper might say, well, what's job essence? And then I would say, well, it's your single highest priority at work. It's the purpose of your job role. And then the housekeeper's going to say, what's that? (laughs) Yeah, Because they don't know. Because Mm -hmm. nobody's talking about job purpose. They're talking about job functions, but nobody's talking about job purpose. So then I say, your job purpose is to create a loyal customer. Mm -hmm. And then they might say, well, how do I do that? Mm -hmm. And then I would say, in addition to everything else you're already doing, what's possible? What else can we do? And then they're going to come up with things like, well, you know, I can uh, check the thermostat before I leave the room. So the room's not too warm or too cold when I leave. They can say, um, maybe I will leave a personalized note for the guest mm-hmm. um, suggesting that the, the guest contact us if we can help them with anything else. You know, something that is beyond the scope of their job role. Those are actions they could take, but they can also um, they can also demonstrate behaviors, uh, which aside from actions, which you can mandate, behaviors are all voluntary. They're volitional, they're elective, they're up to the employee, but they can choose to be observant. Mm -hmm. They can choose to pay attention to detail. They can choose to follow up for a request for more towels or for whatever. All of those things are behaviors. They can express genuine interest. That's a behavior. They can convey authentic enthusiasm. All of these things are behaviors. All these things are volitional. All these things reflect job purpose. Yeah. And, you know, Steve, when I'm hearing this, hearing this um, example of the maid, I, you know, we, you, you said you, you think this has impact on lifting performance and, and um, you know, at least impact on customer service. And, and uh, I, I'm just thinking about what's going on today with this big resignation. And um, when I hear this, if I'm the housekeeper, I'm going to have a completely different relation to that job than getting up every day and go cleaning a room, okay? You know, if I know that it's it's really to, to get return guests, to loyalty, securing my job, I, I really believe this is going to have an impact when you have these kind of conversations. So um, that would be my next question because I'm just thinking what's going on in the world today um, mm-hmm. with this big resignation and the lack of um, – you know, jobs like as housekeepers. Um, I live in Germany. Lufthansa just canceled 10,000 flights. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think this can have an impact? If people have the right conversations can help, you know, motivate people to, to get new jobs, stay in jobs and understand the purpose behind the jobs when they get the right conversations. Do you think it has an impact on the great resignation? Well, well I do. A number of things impact... Uh, why people choose to resign from an organization. Uh, Chief among them is the employee's relationship with his or her immediate supervisor. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is well known and well documented. Uh, But this impacts the employee's level of engagement, which when low, in other words, if they're unengaged, if they're not engaged, I think that figure right now, at least in the United States, is around 49% of employees who are unengaged disengaged who are actively working against the company is around 15%. So that just leaves in the ballpark of a third, 36%, something like that, of folks who are enthusiastic and engaged and excited to come to work. Um, so if, you know, that's a pretty low number. Yeah. If, if, if a third are excited to come to work and two thirds are vulnerable to leave, um, you need to address that. And I think that, you know, certainly the conversations I'm referring to are one in one one-on-one conversations. They're not conversations you'd have with a group. They're conversations Mm -hmm. that you'd have individually with an employee. And the impact of one-on-one conversations has a massive impact on employee engagement. Mm -hmm. You know, I recall, and I referenced this in the book, a Harvard Business Review study that found uh, that one-on-ones can affect staff's opinion of leadership 
and the level of employee engagement. The quote is, when a manager doesn't communicate with employees one-on-one, employees are four times as likely to not be engaged. They're twice as likely to view leadership more unfavorably compared to those who initiate one-on-one conversations. So in the absence of this, you are inviting a lack of engagement, and we already know the correlation between engagement and turnover and the relationship that I have with my immediate, um, my immediate supervisor and turnover. So as I see it, one-on-one conversations like the ones we've discussed um, during this show can only help. Mm-hmm. And, and I agree with you, Steve, and I'm going to recommend um, – Anybody in a management position who has a team to to read Steve's book uh, because um, I really think there's some great content and it it really can help retain employees and maybe find new employees um, because we have to get through this this situation where we don't have enough employees and we don't have enough workers. So, Steve, um, we're at the end of the show. Thank you so much, and I really recommend your book. For our guests, we've been speaking with Steve Curtin, and his book is The Revelation Conversation, Inspire Greater Employee Engagement by Connecting to Purpose. Um, if you have any kind of team or you're managing anyone, do get it. He talks about the kinds of conversations we should be having with employees and and the and the articulation of purpose and cascading it down through the organization. Steve is globally known expert and speaker on customer service management and leadership. He was rated by Global Guru in its annual listing of top 30 customer service experts in the world. And before launching his consulting company in 2007, he had a 20-year career with Marriott. International and his clients include Carnival Cluises and APA Auto Parts, uh, TJ Maxx, and Health One. And Steve, it's really been a delight to have you. Thank you so much. Um, if our guests want to reach out to you, they can reach out to you on your website, www.stevecurtin.com, and on LinkedIn under Enthused and Twitter under Enthused. And uh, Steve, it's been a great conversation. Thank you very much for inviting me on the show, Kimberly. Much appreciated. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And um, I really think that your book can have an impact if managers read it. So this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing uh digital associations and it's a nonprofit and they hold virtual training conferences market research legislative white papers and they also have conferences the next conference is October 16th to 18th in Florence Italy and they also have an e-learning platform in cooperation with Boss Capital and this platform is from startups product managers and SMBs to help companies succeed so to learn more about Cinda please go to www.cinda.org and please don't forget to tune in with us every every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. And thank you for listening this week. Until next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.